Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Fail with Fire. This is a podcast powered by AdBeacon. I'm the CEO of AdBeacon and my name is Phoenix Hop. You don't already know. That being said, this is a very much needed, I think, podcast in the D2C space or just in the space in general regarding failures, because I feel like failures are always the catalyst to the fire to come back. What did we learn? What did we do? How did we change? It's not only within a monetary, I think like a silo. I think it comes down to personal and having real conversations that I get to invite people that are not only my peers, but my friends. And that's huge. So we're taking the veil away from these like very tailored conversations to just being raw. And the person that I'm so excited to introduce is Van Oaks. And first of all, Van, say hi. Dude, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to get to talk to you. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm so, so honored to have you here. And it was funny, too, because I met Van at Affiliate World Dubai two years ago, which is crazy to think about. And I was this like puppy. I still am. And I come in here and I'm like seeing everybody. I'm like, who is everybody? And I'm just in awe. And I'm lucky enough to call you a friend in this space. But I got to just watch everybody and who they are for two years and saw, you know, are they the same person every single day? And then I also got to meet your gorgeous wife. And hey. yeah, I, I very much admire how you guys live your lives and choose each other, at least the way I see it. But let awesome. me kind of give a little, yeah, let me give a little intro to Van, an official one. Van is an owner of multiple businesses. And I mean, multiple, I mean like six, seven, eight figures a year business. Tough Ring is one of them. You are the CEO and founder of Goat Media. I just learned you're also the CMO of Diesel Power Gear. So many things. And then I also found out you're the 2019 awarded Snapchat advertising Snapstar. That's insane. Snapstar, <laughs> Snapstar 2019. I'll ride that till I die. Check it out. I, oh, wow. That is a glad. They even sent me a trophy. That is amazing. If you do watch our podcast, video podcast, it's on YouTube, but you also can see it on Spotify. He just held up an awesome, awesome little award. Sorry, not little, gigantic award for Snapchat. I I didn't even know they gave that. I didn't even know that was like a thing when they reached out and they're like, we want to give you this award. And I was like, what? And they're like, we're going to fly you out to New York. We have this this event prepared, blah, blah, blah. We'd like you to be there. And I was like, okay, you know. And I don't think it was that. I asked, I asked the, because my rep at the time was the VP over there. Uh, and I was just like, what does this mean? You know, does like, does this mean that I was the best on your platform? And he's like, not, no, I think it's just you spent more than anybody else. So like, it doesn't mean that I was the best media buyer on the platform. But I was just spending more than anybody else. So they wanted to like give me some clout. I don't know. I don't, Man, it was cool. They took they brought me out to their pet house. They did all this stuff. It was really cool. But but that Man, was not- you were the best media buyer. Let's just <laughs> I'll award you best media buyer who also spent the most on Snapchat. Yeah, you you spent more money than other people. Here's a $25 trophy. Yes, $25. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's shiny. Anyway, the point that I want to make is that Van is awesome and I so stoked to have you here. But, you know, it's so funny because we work in this industry where a lot of people look up to you specifically and they're like, oh my God, it's Van Oaks. But I guarantee you, if if you're anything like me, you go to a barbecue, your mom or your dad or a family member pulls you, introduces you to someone and goes, this is Van. What would that intro be? (laughs) 
it would be very, very different than what I actually do. I, I still don't know if my mom knows exactly what I do. Like my mom still thinks that like, if she were to introduce me, she would just say, this is my son, Van. He travels the world. Like he's literally a world he's and he has a beautiful family. You should see his family. He's such a great father, you know? Um, but that that's really all like she as far and then she might mention yeah he's on tv he's on the discovery channel you should you should see him on tv but as far as like know what i do there she has no idea what i actually do isn't that crazy like it's so funny i think parents and family members they see the best sides of you and then they push the best sides of you but then they have no clue like tv awesome and i love that was a beautiful thing like He's a great father. He's a beautiful family. That's awesome. I, if there was yeah. anything to be known for, those are the best things. That's to it. Work. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But um, sorry, mom. I also partied with Van and, Van and Kim <laughs> by and got kicked out of a club for a second. And all the craziness that happened. That, um, was, that was pretty wild. For some context, my my really good friend came with me to Dubai and like we're L.A. girls through and through. OK, like we went through the L.A. girl scene. In other words, we go to every club and um, we also have mouths on us. So if someone says something wrong or looks at us wrong, it, it'll go down. And unfortunately, a bouncer there put his hands on my friend and she freaked out. And then they got in a fight, almost like a yelling match. And I grabbed her and Van's like, what's going on? I'm like, don't worry about it. Dude, you guys were ready to fight. I, I, I thought you both were going to fight this bouncer. And I was just like, wait a second. Who, let's go. And you're like, don't, you don't lay hands on me. Yes. Don't touch her. Like, it was like, it was wild. <laughs> so um, I respect it. It made me respect you a lot more. You are uh, one bad bitch. Let's I appreciate that. Yeah. You know what? But maybe not in Dubai. <laughs> yeah. Of all the places, maybe <laughs> not there. <laughs> but no, I, I really appreciated that. And like, um, you guys were there through and through. But anyway, back to life in work. Is there anything that I missed in terms of like accolades, heights of, of work before we get into like the failures and the good minutia? No, no, I, I, um, that's really, that's the majority of it. I, I have my hands on a lot of different things, get on, sit on boards for, SaaS and tech companies and stuff like that, but but you you got the majority of it, yeah. Yeah, one day I'll steal you to be on my board for SaaS, and then you can just okay. be Phoenix, your psycho, stop doing this. <laughs> um, but anyway, he's also a sneakerhead, which we'll we'll kind of go to because I used to be the interim marketing director of Supra, and I'm a sneakerhead, and I was like looking at all the shoes, I'm like, who is this guy with these shoes, man? Let's be friends. Yeah, it's it's a problem. It's a I don't know, though, like everybody has their own vices. You know, I, I tell my wife, I get shoes all the time and she's always like, you got to be kidding. And, and, and I say, it could be worse. I could collect cars or I could be addicted to like cocaine and heroin. Like instead, I spend my money on shoes. It's relatively cheap compared to like cars or collecting other stuff, watches or stuff like that. So it's not such a bad thing. I don't. Like, I don't knock it. I spend all my money on sushi. I'm pretty sure I have mercury poisoning by this point. I'm not even kidding. My my fiance is like, we need we need you to stop. I'm like, no, you go away. Um, <laughs> but there's this segment that has kind of like organically come up on this podcast. And I think it's so fun to mention. But how much did you get paid at your first job? Like in high school? No, like, let's just say like your first big boy job. So. 
I started working when I was 14, you know, um, I moved out when I was 16 and I had all sorts of random jobs because I was paying for whatever, for my rent, for everything at a young age. But, um, my first real, I took a, I took a two year religious mission overseas in Brazil and that when I got paid nothing for that, but that was like a full-time 24 seven job nonstop. That was maybe the most grueling work that I've ever done. And I didn't get paid anything for, but then directly after that, I waited tables. I was, a uh, I waited tables. I walked to work and waited tables every day. And that was kind of how I made my money. Me too. I was a bartender. I was a terrible bartender, like awful. I also worked in fine dining and I was like, getting everyone's stuff wrong but I was like trying to flirt my way out of like just being <laughs> at my job but yeah you know the, the reason why I ask you that like salary wise because I think a lot of people um I would say like put us on a pedestal I wouldn't say us I would say you on a pedestal because you, the idea in D2C is that all these people make all this money I want to be them yeah. and they realize that like we started somewhere and, you know, at any point in time, the rug can be ripped out from under us, which is why a lot of us focus on assets and building that and, um, you know, generational wealth, like, because a lot of us didn't come from that. But, you know, for me, I'll start it off. I'll put a number down. I made my first job I negotiated for was 38.7K a year. And I cried. I was so, so pumped. I was so pumped. Are you kidding me? And I think Sean Mulkeen said something like 30K. I think somebody else said like 28K. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Dude, I, so I, uh, one of the thing, everybody always looks at like my, I had this conversation with my actual mom this week where she was like, you've always just been rich. And I was like, mom, like, I don't like, I'm like, do you not remember like me walking to bus tables, like without a car? Like uh, barely making rent. You don't remember me getting a credit card to buy my first pair of clothes, like because I didn't have money to buy clothes. Like everybody wants to forget the journey. Like everybody sees where you're at and they're like, oh, you're just this way. You've always just been this way. But like when you talk to somebody and most, most wealthy people that I know, when I get to talk, there's a grind there. There's a grind that people don't understand. They went through some shit and everybody does, you know, like I, you said, 30 grand, 30 grand for your first job. I, my first real job, when I went and knocked door to door, I sold pest control. I had gotten back from uh, Brazil where I was on my religious mission. And I, and somebody talked to me just in a room and he's just like, dude, you want to come to California this summer and make 12 grand? And I was like, 12 grand. And he's like, yeah, dude, you come to California you can make 12 grand. And I was just like, say less, where do I sign? And I literally, dude, I swear to you, I signed documents. I knew not a single person. I signed my life away to go out to California with nobody that I, I didn't know anybody. And I went and I knocked doors selling pest control. And I only made money if people bought, right? And I remember like thinking if I could just make $12,000, I'd be set. You know, if I could just make $12,000, I'll be set. And I met like, and, and I went out, I ended up, I ended up making, being like number one uh, in the company and making like 36 grand. But I remember that 36 grand when that hit the bank account. I was just rolling. I was I was so rich. I took off for six months and went and packed the world. Like I was just like I had made it with 36 grand in the bank account. But it's that grit, man. It's like if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna be the best at it. 
and I don't care. It's like, just, just noise go away. This is it, right? If you're good at something, you're good at selling. Clearly you're going to do it. If you're motivated by something push, that's awesome. Um, but it also talks about like, great. Like, I think the people who last the longest are the ones that understand what hard work is and understand that it takes hard work to get there. There's execution behind the ideas. This idea that affiliate marketing, that drop shipping, that Facebook ads, all this is going to be very quick money. Yeah, no, I'm going to break that like little beautiful glass ceiling here for you. Like there's no such thing. No such thing. It, 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 it didn't work that way for me. Like I, like when I got into, into Facebook ads, when I started to run my own traffic in 2013, um, and I decided that I was going to learn to do this. And I had some money in the bank from my previous ventures. And I was just like, this is what I want to do. Uh, dude, I took two years of losses. And that's not a joke. Two years of losing money, trying to learn how to do this correctly until things kind of clicked. And then I got some big clients and I started working with some different people. But there was two years there where everybody's like, dude, the worst question I ever get is people are like, dude, teach me how to run, run ads. It's like, dude, it's not like it's something I can just show you. Like, this is, you realize I've been doing this for years, right? This is like a, a, a trait that I've been working on and, and honing yeah. the skill and sharpening this blade for years. And you want me to teach you how to do this in a week. It's not going to happen. You also can't teach people how to figure it out. You also you can't teach people to like be hungry. You can't teach people to be like obsessive. And I think for you to be really good in this space, you have to be obsessive. What I mean really good is like you can learn data, you can learn metrics, you can learn how to scale, fine. But the people that can think out of the box like you, the people that I've been able to be in contact with, there is this screw loose and we just get into it and we're like, oh shit. And then you just, we don't come up for air. And then when we do come up for air, oh yeah, money comes with it, that's cool. And then these people come in here and go, okay, teach me everything that you've ever learned, all the things that are in your brain. It's like. I could give everything to you in a PDF and you still wouldn't know what to do with it. Right. No doubt. But I want to kind of segue into what this podcast is about, which is failures. And it's like the one word no one wants to mention ever. And the one word, unless, unless it also is paired with a screenshot of how much money they made this week, but <laughs> which we're not going to do. However, no screenshots. No screenshots. Um, only screenshots are mine of memes on my Instagram, which I'm so sorry by the way. <laughs> no, I, I that's 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 why I follow you. That's I, I crave that type of content. I need that. It's so bad, but um, yeah, I I guess Van, if because you're real and because you're raw, I'm so awesome to have that. Can you kind of walk me through a time that you would consider a quote unquote failure or a hard time in your life that like really rocked you, and then the fire that came with it after, and what you learned. Yeah. So, man, I'm going to try to get through this without. <laughs> uh, I'm naturally just an emotional dude. Don't know why. Always been that way. Wish, wish I weren't so sensitive, I guess you would say. I wish I was more manly. Uh, it is what it is, but that's just kind of the way I am. Uh, but I'll try to get through this as, and keep my composure as much as possible. But I, in, in 2018, uh, I have a wife, beautiful kids. Uh, I got out of the industry that I was in of door-to-door sales. I did door-to-door sales, right? And I would have to, I used to make bank, I'm talking like quarter million dollars a year selling alarm. Like I thought I had made it, right? And then when my second daughter came along, the problem with this job was that I I was gone for six months out of a year knocking doors, right? 
So I think my second daughter, my wife sent me a video of her walking and I had missed her walking. And I just said, you know, this is, there's no amount of money that, that will make me miss my, my, my kid's childhood. Like these important moments that you can't get back. So, so I said, that was the straw that broke the camel's back as far as like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing online marketing where I can be home with my kids all the time. But as you know, when, like you just spoke about, um, with my type of personality and I'll put my head down and I'll just go and I don't come up for air. Um, and that, that, that happened with this. So in 2013, I made that transition to 16. I was, I was deep into my businesses in 2017. I was probably more, I, I was more successful than I had ever been. And I was working wild amounts, wild amounts of time, you know, and your family takes a backseat to that. So 2018, I take my kids out, me and my family in a side-by-side, like a, a razor. Uh, I don't know if you know what those are side-by-side. Anyways, we just went out for a picnic on mm-hmm. Sunday and on the way home, I'm, I'm naturally, I'm a little bit reckless. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm a little bit edgy. I, I enjoy extreme sports and I'm always just a little bit edgy and that's okay. Um, unless your family's with you. Um, anyways, I ended up, ended up rolling the vehicle with my family and my daughters got ejected. They had to be life flighted out. Um, my one daughter had brain surgery because of it. All this stuff happened, right? So now that I got through that story and I'm not completely bawling, um, but there were two months there that I sat in, in ICU with my kids and I could not believe that I was spending all my time at work. I was, I was working so hard to provide a life for them. But in, in just like the, the only thing that I've ever wanted to be in life was a father. That's it. That's the weirdest. That's the weirdest goal for a lot of people. But that was what my goal was. I wanted to be a father, and and my two daughters nearly like that got taken away from me, and I realized like was sitting in there, and and obviously after they get out, they're they're totally fine now. They are super healthy. Even the one that had brain surgery, super healthy. I'm super blessed. Um, everything turned out okay, but that situation um, obviously drove. We had to make sure the kids were okay. And then it put a lot of stress on my marriage because I was at fault. Um, We were just focusing on the kids. We weren't focusing on the marriage. I had business to attend to plus my kids. So my marriage kind of in shambles. So then you have to work really hard to put your marriage back in place, you know? So the next year I spent like working on my marriage with my wife, but then you just forget, like everybody always forgets about yourself, right? So after that was all in place, I got a chance to look at myself and there was severe like PTSD and depression from it. Yeah. Just like, I'm the most positive dude you've ever met in your life, I promise you. And I was always the one, I was always the first one to say, just don't be depressed. Like, like what do you mean? You're, you feel bad, so be happy. Go do something. Like, I did not comprehend what actual depression and PTSD was because I had never experienced it. And after all this, this accident and after everything and after the amount of grief that I put on myself and the depression that it put me in, and I realized that this is a real thing. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's a chemical imbalance that I can't stop this. And then I spent a full year working on myself, you know, trying to 
trying to get my head straight, right? And it, I guess if you're if you're talking it like a where where were you at your lowest? My rock bottom was was then. Yeah, probably because my businesses I had to like they weren't getting the attention that they need. My marriage wasn't getting the attention that it needed. My head wasn't getting the attention that it needed, and all and and so all of the things that I cared about, which was my family, was really kind of in shambles. So so, and I understand this is probably a business podcast, and I get that. Um, and business is super important, um, but it's it's not the most important to me. Business business will come and business will go, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. And the fact that I've I've failed so many businesses. I've started, I've lost a lot of money in businesses that I've started that I've failed. And then I've won a lot too. Like there's a ton of those, but that wasn't rock bottom for me because businesses come and go and you can kind of build those and, and money comes, money goes. That's not it. But your family, that doesn't come and go, you know, that you get one chance at that, you know, you get one chance to make that right. And that, and I wasn't doing it right. So after that, after that, um, after the accident was when I took a big step back and I was in, in hindsight, it was the greatest blessing in my life because it made me realize how valuable and how much I actually loved my kids. Like, right. how much, like they were always just, I was just providing for them, but I wasn't giving them the right amount of time because I was working so much. So that allowed me to step back and realize what was really important in life. And it wasn't the businesses. And surprise, surprise, Phoenix, the businesses didn't get hurt. They're still fine. Right. I thought I had to be there 24-7 and that I couldn't come home to my kids and that I had to work these late hours and do all this crazy and be away all the time because the businesses would suffer when in reality, it was my kids and my family that were suffering and the businesses are just fine. So now I do, I'm, I'm a lot more conscious now about, I obviously still work. I, I I can't get away from the work, but what I am conscious of now is that when I get home at five or six o'clock and my phone goes on the charger next to my nightstand and I, I completely shut it all off and I give my kids, they got two to three hours of my complete dedication and devotion to their time where I'm not, all of us sit on a phone, right? Right. You do what we do. You'll be at home, but you're not actively, you're on your phone working 24 hours sleeps, right? Yeah. So this yeah. was like the big one. The big one to me was like, yeah, I'm home, but am I actually like playing with my kids? Am I teaching? Am I reading with my kids? Am I, am I building businesses with my kids? Am I doing all the, and I wasn't. So, so in hindsight, now I get, I put my phone on the nightstand. I've got two to three hours of just me and the kid time. And then when they go to bed, I've got one hour of me and my wife time. And, the, and, and the, there's a, one of my favorite books that I, that I read a lot is the greatest salesman in the world. And it's written by Og Mandino. I've written, I've written it. I don't know. I used to read it every single year, but there's scrolls in it. And in one of the scrolls, one of the teachings was that um, to have a successful family and be a successful businessman, you have to learn to separate the marketplace from your home and the home from your marketplace. So and what that means is that when you're at work and you're like deep in your deep trained thought of work, I don't need my wife texting me, asking me what I want for dinner. And thank God my wife's the most amazing woman in the world. And she understands like when I'm working, unless my kid's head's fallen off, like do not text me, do not call me. She's also me. a business owner. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. That's, that's also a big, that's a big, that's beautiful. Yeah, she, she understands that. But then all, but, but at the same time, when I'm at home with my kids and I'm spending that important time with my family, I don't need to be interrupted by work. I yep. don't need to be interrupted by what's coming tomorrow. And it's hard to do that. But if you're making a conscious effort to do that, you, the upbringing of your kids will be a lot. Like, like I'm, I'm significantly more close to my children than I was previous to the accident. And that's uh, like, once again, that's the, that's the blessing that was in disguise was the fact that my relationship with them is, is so much more strong now because I realize how fragile life is. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want it to be, I don't want them to remember their dad making money. Like, what did your dad, no kid will ever tell you, like, what is your, like, no kid will ever tell you how much money you made or what you did for, most kids don't even know what you do for work, but they will remember if you were at their dance recital. And they yep. will remember if you were at their soccer game and things like that. So that's a lot of the reason that I'm in this industry in general is like you said, we travel a lot. We're all over the world, you know, and I am away from my family. But at the same time, my daughter has a dance recital tomorrow. Guess where I'll be? The I'll dance be at a dance recital. It's, it's like, because these are things that I refuse to miss. So wow. I don't know if that answered your question fully. <laughs> Probably not as, as emotional as I wanted to give, but it, when you talk about rock bottom, that's, that's rock bottom. Dan, first of all, this is why I built the podcast. Okay. Like it's these conversations you're being, you're being so fucking real. Like everything that you said, emotional, not first of all, let me just address one thing for you to be emotional. I'm a, very jealous of that. Because of my upbringing, because of the shit that I went through, I'm not an emotional person. So when I see someone being vulnerable and real, I actually very much not only admire it, but I like I want it to be honored. So never apologize that for that, please. Like for you to prioritize your wife and your family after all those things, like I can't even imagine. There's only a few things that make me cry, right? It's my faith and it's also um, children. There's something about children. It's like an innocence, right? And I see it the way that you were describing the situation of rolling. Like, I can't even imagine like your whole life, all the people, everything you're doing, everything for is in this vehicle with you. And um, you see it just flash. And what's crazy what you said too is like, <laughs> I started laughing. You were like, I'm kind of extreme. I'm the same way, dude. So they got this electric bike uh, my fiance and his brother, and they're like, Phoenix, get on it. And I'm like, nope. And they're like, no, get on it. Like, are you scared? I'm like, it's not that I'm scared. It's that you'll never see me again. <laughs> it's like, there's no middle with me. And I, I think I see that with you. There's like, it's zero. I don't, have a, I don't have it. Like, if I'm getting on a bike, it's probably going to end up wrecked or I'm going to have the best time in my life. Like one of the right. two. Right? right. And I have to watch substances too. Uh, yeah. myself, like alcohol, anything that I do, be very careful. Um, I've realized as I get older, it's a very addictive personality and you're like full send. But yep. number one, I'm thankful. Number two, people need to hear this shit. They they need it. You guys have to understand, guys, like if you're all focused on money, it will go. You do not get buried with your money. Right. General generational wealth is important, but they'll remember who you are and they won't care about your money. I grew up with money just as a heads up, um, but not in the way that people would assume. So this is like a great conversation with Van because Van doesn't know this. But, um, you know, my my mom was with somebody who is a billionaire. And um, I went through a lot of, 
mental and emotional abuse because of it. Because usually when you're at that level, there's something off or there's a lot of power plays. There's a lot of things that are very toxic and um, dark. And I never saw a dime of it. It's not like I live this opulent life. I saw the very terrible parts of it. So money is actually a very big deterrent for me. I'm not motivated by money. I'm motivated by helping people and doing the right thing. So when I hear your story, Van, I, I don't resonate with it. But before I even go to the next thing, there's one thing you said, and I want us to kind of dive deeper. And you said, before this happened, you said, just don't be depressed. It's this idea, like it's the hardening of your heart where you're like, people are just depressed because that's a choice. And that changed for you. Yeah. Because I've never, like if you've never, I mean, if you've never experienced depression, consider yourself very blessed, you know? Um, I had never experienced it. Not like that. I grew up in a very weird, abusive household. Like like I should have been depressed, um, but these type of things didn't. I've just, I've always been a very positive person. The difference with what, what happened to me was it was like, it was my fault. I put a lot of guilt on me. I'm, I'm typically that way. It's always my fault. Uh, even in my businesses, I'll, it's always my fault. Um, and, and I put a lot of blame on myself and that led to some serious PTSD and that led to some serious depression. But what I was saying, like, I had never felt that before where the chemical imbalance, where something something triggers you and you cannot turn it off. Like it's not something that, that you can just say, go away. And it actually, the more you try to tell it to get, it gets worse and worse. So you, I had to find ways to cope. I, I mean, obviously there's, there's therapy that was probably, um, the least effective for me, um, was the therapy therapy didn't, didn't do the trick. I had some close friends who were in the military who suffered from PTSD, who gave me some better advice on how to deal with it when it, when it happens. And then, and then I went alternative medicine methods that, that don't get talked about enough that the, the psilocybin and the, the MDMA therapy that nobody wants to talk about because it may be, because it's illegal, so to speak, but that's what actually changed. That's what actually got me out of it. And, 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 and it hasn't came back. It's been two years since I've really suffered from it at all um, because of, because of the, the things that I were doing, but it was, it was a lot of work. It was yeah. a full year of work on myself to like uh, get that stuff squared away and get that stuff situated so that I could be and show up and be the best father for my kids. Yeah. You know? And husband and husband. It's, it's and kind of, husband. Yes. Yeah. Like I, for the, for the listeners, it's kind of interesting. I like messaged you Van a while back about um, the relationship with you and your wife, because, you know, I'm engaged and I never thought in a million years, you know, I was engaged went a, a while back to somebody else, but I think I was so young. I didn't know what that meant. And right. then now where I'm at, you know, I'm asking the right questions. I think I am. And I'm hitting you up and you were so raw and real about what it meant to have whatever a successful relationship is. I just think a, a working relationship, a relationship that makes sense. Like you said something great where, you know, Kim will not text you quote unquote, um, pointless questions when you're in high focus time but yeah. you also bring that back to the table when you're home you're home yeah and um <clears throat> depending on like your belief system whatever it may be there's this idea that you know god first then your relationship then your children that's kind of how i want it to become and kind of what you were structuring is it's so important to pour back into your relationships and i was talking to sean mulkeen about this today 
And we said, or I said, you know, we're so busy building this empire, this idea of an empire for our families, because we know that they're going to reap the rewards. But while we're doing that, we forget that they still need you. So by the time you get over the hump of building the empire, they're going to go back and go, I don't even know who dad is. I don't even know who mom is. I grew up like that. Luckily, my mom's an incredible, incredible entrepreneur. And like she always made it a point to um, teach me and, and, and be there with me. And she was present. But the other men in my life were the very antithesis of that because they thought in their head, I'm providing for you. Yeah. And it's so beautiful that you recognize that now. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, I, I'll echo exactly what you said about, you know, faith first, be it whatever faith may be like, like yeah. I'm not saying you got to believe in God, whatever your faith may be. I, I think faith is important. Um, I'm once again, I'm, I, I'm religious, but I would go faith and then I would go yourself. Like you have to work on yourself and then work on your marriage and mm-hmm. then work on your kids. Because if you're not, if your headspace, if you're not correct, if you can't make yourself happy, you can't you can't show up for your wife not being the best person that you can be, right? And and a lot of times in marriage, people think that like you're my better half, you make me a better person. No, that's not fair to them. You need to be your best version of yourself, and you need to present that to your wife so that you're not just the shitty dude coming home from work in a bad mood all the time. In, in a bad headspace, and then you bring that into your marriage, let yeah. alone with your kids. You know that's not like you have to be able so so faith yourself, then your marriage, yeah. and then your kids. I love that, and it's cool too because like you, what you pour in into your relationship is what's going to come out. So if you keep pouring negativity, if you keep pouring like like go find somebody else to vent to about the dumb shit at work. Like right, yeah, of course, tell you know your your spouse or your partner, hey, like this happened, but I have to be mindful too. And I love what you said too. It's like, we're constantly in our phones. I justify being on my phone because it's like market research too, right? Yeah. Like I want to know what's going on in the space, but that's what my time at work is for. And maybe I'm just not using the best of my time, but also like too, before we segue into like the hot take section, I think you want people to realize something. We could talk about how much money Van makes all day long, um, but we're not going to because that's so stupid. Like the conversations I walk away from actively, and I don't think you've seen this yet, but I'm kind of notorious for it now in the space is a guy or a girl will come up to me, start talking to me about something really pointless, like money, which money is important, right? But how much money they made, all the stuff. And I'll just walk away (laughs) mid-sentence. And I'm just waiting for it to catch up to me. Like I, I bet you do. You should. I can see you doing that. And like, that's why, that's why I love you. That's what I love about hey, you. Hey, I love you guys too. It's gonna just like okay, um, the next generation of people like us, you know, in the space because you've got like the OG OGs and you're in the OGs as well. I'm like baby, 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 trying to be an OG one day. Um, I think we have a responsibility to bring real conversations to the table, being real, like. You're going to lose it all. And at the end of the day, you have to look around and say, do I like who I am? Do I like the people that surround me? And is my unit cool? Like, does my net worth uh, have an impact on my relationships? And if it does, those people are not in your life. Get out. And it's not worthy of your time. So, yeah, I love it. That being said, let's go into hot takes because we love a little drama. Um but uh, this is a segment that I love called Hot Takes. And 
it's anything in the space. It could be what you maybe Twitter, it could be threads just came out. We talked about that. It could be anything as controversial um, as Britney Spears is releasing a new song, You're Welcome, with Will I Am. Or it could be I hate mustard. Mustard is the worst condiment in the world. But fire away and I will fire back at you at what my hot take is. And a hot take. Um, I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I, I'm so over, and I, I think that's why I love this this idea of your podcast. I think it's amazing um, because I'm so over social media, particularly Twitter, uh, and and just the puffer fish of of everybody's uh, of just everybody gloating how much money they made and 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 all their accolades and like they're the best market in the world. They're the best. Like every, I wish there were a platform where people could just be real. And it, I know half these gurus, I like, I know all the gurus, I know all the coaches out there. I'm really close to all these coaches and they, I'll change your life. I'll do all this stuff. And it, like, it's just a complete shit show most of the time. And I just, I just crave more authenticity from people uh, of, of the wins. Cause I know not right now in our space in the D to C space, not everybody's winning. It's, it's tough right now. It just is. But yet everybody, everybody's having the best, having the best year they've ever had and so forth. And I just, I just get fed up with all the, I just wish people would be more real. That's yeah. it. The big guys are getting richer. That's, that's the takeaway. I just want you to like in the D2C space, the big guys that have a lot of spend are fine. Yeah. The small guys are getting crushed right now. So right. you can actually see this. And then, you know, yes, to everything that you said, yes, I agree with you. Um, what's really interesting that you said is, so I was a model back in the day and, um, Hello. Hello. yeah, it's not that great. Um, <laughs> weird shit happens, man. I'll tell you some fun shit that happened, but you know, something that opened my eyes and I think in this space as well is I have a couple friends that are very, very well known and in a specific category of modeling. Um, I would say the plus community and they're, they're very well known models now. Like they're, if I drop their name, everyone would know who they are. Fast forward three years later, they're at the height of their career. And I sit there and talk to them the whole time. It's just negative talk about their body, negative talk about how they're feeling, all this stuff, right? And you can see the poisons there. And their whole persona is body positivity. And I'm, I'm, I'm so happy where I am, but they're not happy, right? Mm -hmm. I know very thin women that are not happy, but they're on the cover of Vogue or Victoria's Secret Angels. I know them. They're not happy. It's the same thing in D2C, guys. They're not happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I hate to break it to you. There is a facade of ego. And I will tell you first, I'm starting a first-party data attribution platform. We are not profitable, okay? We're not going to be profitable for probably another 60 to 80 clients, which, by the way, is an incredible thing to be yeah. 60 to 80 clients in profitability, but we're not there. So for everyone to flex and say SaaS is an easy thing to do, it is not. So, and you know this. So let's take the veil away. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's not happening. Um, I think I think Nick does a good job of it. Nick does, Nick does a good job, Shackleford, of... Um sharing wins and losses all of the above i just wish there were more of that in the industry in general you bring up i wanted to bring up one more hot take now that yeah. you now right. that you mentioned plus size models and stuff and it sparked another thing that i actually get 
very uptight about is is in the fitness industry. I'm like super, I'm really into fitness, uh, mainly because of the depression and the PTSD. One of the main things that helped with that was, was exercise. Mm-hmm. And the amount of scientific evidence that are coming out that proves, you know, raising your heart rate, you know, 70% of your, your high heart rate, like getting it up above that for 15 minutes, the amount of endorphins that it releases and so forth, that it's just good for your brain. I, I get, and my wife's in the, in the industry as well. She's a fitness coach as well. So like I get bombarded with the, the latest diet shocked or the latest uh, diet that you should be on to lose weight. This is keto. This is this, this is that. It blow. It, it's, 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 there is no secret to, to fitness, to getting in shape. It's work. It's, it's burning more calories than you're consuming. And there's, aside from that, there's so much stuff in there that people are trying all these shots, all these everything's that nobody knows how dangerous it is for your body. And people are just slinging the hell out of diet pills and all this stuff. And I'm just, it just, it drives me nuts. The, the fitness industry in general of people that'll give you a diet. That's the one size fits all like diet that you need to be doing because this person did it. And now you've got all these influencers that are promoting it when really they're not even doing it. There should be some sort of, FTC, or there should be some sort of repercussion for promoting something and saying that you're taking it uh, when you don't know if it's safe or anything like that. Like there needs to be some sort of massive repercussion for that. It's interesting you say that because you, I know, well, we don't believe in regulation for the most part, but then there are some things where regulation is is needed, right? Like I'm just going to be flat out and honest, we're just going to be raw, right? He's talking about Ozempic. He's talking yeah. about <laughs> He's talking about all those, right? And um, you're absolutely right. So Ozempic is a, a weight loss medication. It's actually not a weight loss medication. You want to know what it's, yeah, diabetes. tell them what it's for. It's meant for people who have diabetes. Um, I believe in also high blood pressure. And what happened is like a Kim Kardashian and all these people in the industry are having Ozempic parties where they're injecting themselves with this drug. And um, what it basically does is, well, you do lose a lot of weight, but what it attacks the fat cells and what's happening is it's attacking necessary fat so you're having detrimental long-term side effects um in other words you're cutting corners big time you're gonna like for the rest of your life you're gonna have these side effects yeah you might have got skinny for a little bit and it might have been easier than than going and running that five miles or whatever but the the people that are slanging this stuff i really it's the same thing with a crypto pump and dump type of stuff like these people, these people are stealing money, you know, uh, and they're putting a lot of people in danger by slinging stuff that that they don't really know the repercussions of it quite yet. I mean, obviously, you know, some of the bad ones about Ozempic, but I'm sure more will come out. Well, yeah, you know, I have a friend that's trying to get on Ozempic and, you know, she she is considered um, obese. But again, it's not she's not diabetic. So we sit there and we have these conversations and it's a very tough conversation because she knows, right? It's a tough conversation in general, but I think it, it's in line with everything in your life. Nothing when you cut a corner works long-term. Nothing. Your relationships, corner. your business, your um, just everything, Like especially with weight loss. Like I was 160 pounds because I was a professional uh, hip-hop dancer. I had a lot of muscle. Trying to get into modeling and I had to slim down very quickly. So what I did is I took carbs completely out of my diet. You know what that does to you? 
fucks your stomach up. Trust me, no. <laughs> so I got fucked up, guys. And um, my lactose intolerance went through the roof. So no, I can't really have any dairy products without literally sweating and running to the restroom. Uh, I basically have IBS. It's really cute, guys. I'm engaged. I, I could give a flying fuck if any. <laughs> um, but like, it's those things that you do. You have to be so careful. Um, okay, I'm going to give one no, last. There's no shortcuts. Put in the work. That's it. There are no shortcuts. Put in the work and um, you'll see some really great reward. I agree with you. Okay, well, I think I'll I'll give one last hot take and then we'll wrap up. But my hot take is what happened in D2C Twitter. I don't know if you, you were, you're kind of like pretty quiet, but I don't know if you troll it. Like, I wouldn't say troll. I don't know if you just kind of like watch. In the but background? You, yeah, in the background. A little bit. Um, with what happened with Triple Whale and like the backlash of it all. Do you know what happened? Okay. Nope. It's kind of tough for me, right? Because I was talking to... Nick Shackelford about it. We do like these Monday gratitudes and geek X and I was talking to all these people. And um, so what happened was that triple whale raised their prices and the way they communicated it wasn't the most um effective way. They they did it in a sense where the people who were seeing the rises were so put off that they threw a fit on Twitter and then it became viral and then everybody's shitting on triple whale. And then of course, who's gonna come up? All the other people that have attribution platforms or some type of platform, which, hello, we do too. So for me, I had to make a decision very quickly, like what type of uh, CEO do I want to be and what kind of moves do we want to make? So what ended up happening is all these people were like clearly picking a side and then people were like, I'll give you a free trial or screw these guys or like this tweet if you hate triple whale and, you know, it's almost like a cancel culture, right? You become the hero and then you become the enemy so quickly. Right. My hot take is don't be a fucking dick. Like, <laughs> what? What? Are, it's that easy. Just don't be a dick. Like, if you want to be opportunistic, fine. I did it. I said, hey, guys, like, this is who I am. This is what we do. Here's the feature set. And I'll give you a deal. I never once said, fuck triple whale. I never said any of those things, which by the way, I want Raba on here. I just did one with David Herman, who's with North Beam. I love these guys. Like we are all friends. We all want the same things. And by you putting other people down for your benefit, I guarantee you it won't age well because it never, it never works out well in sales or in anything. When you degrade some other, when it just never ends well, that's not nope. the right to go about it. No. So we'll end this podcast with be a good human, be a good person. It's all you owe to this Don't world. be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much, Fan, for being on here. It's been honestly an honor and like you're you're the best and we really are grateful. How are people going to find you? Where can people find you? Uh, I'm on all the platforms. I'm, I'm probably most active on Instagram. It's your boy Van on Instagram. I'm probably the most active there, but I mean, I've got Facebook, the LinkedIn, the Twitter. I've got it all, but but I would say there if you want it, at least as far as responding to DMs and stuff. Okay, cool. Well, I have all those links. I'm going to put them at the Spotify podcast, Apple podcast, nice. on the YouTube. But uh, you're the best, man. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thanks for having me. Like I say, I, I, it's a, this, this podcast kind of like a breath of fresh air in, in this industry of where everybody, it's, it's only, everybody only focuses on the wins. 
and who's doing what. And you never actually get to hear the real stories behind stuff. So this is a breath of fresh air. I really I appreciate you having me on it. Thank you. Well, it's a movement. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Bye.